Disputes Quick Listens, where members of our Disputes team discuss the latest legal updates and trending topics. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of Disputes Quick Listens, privilege in an AI world. My name is Georgina Jones, and I'm a commercial litigator in the Disputes and Investigations team based in London. And I'm Tom Charnley, a commercial litigator in Taylor Wessing's Disputes and Investigations team based in Liverpool. So today we'll be talking about AI chatbots like ChatGPT and how the use of those chatbots interacts with disclosure obligations and the rules of privilege. We think this is an important and highly relevant topic given the increasing use of AI. For example, I recently read that the ChatGPT website received 1.6 billion visitors in December and has an estimated 100 million active users. Some of those users will be using ChatGPT instead of going to a lawyer. Others will be using ChatGPT to obtain information on things that arise in their daily or business lives. The recent guidance for judges on AI states that AI chatbots are being used in particular by unrepresented litigants, which is not surprising given the ease at which they can be accessed. So Tom, why do we need to be thinking about disclosure obligations and privilege? So when using ChatGPT, you're operating within ChatGPT's website. The conversation could be shared, downloaded and saved. So bear in mind when using a chatbot, there may be a permanent record that could be disclosable in court proceedings. If those court proceedings relate to the same subject matter as a user was asking ChatGPT, then unless the document containing the conversation with ChatGPT is privileged, they would need to disclose those documents. Georgina, what's currently available on the market? So we're talking here about generative AI chatbots. The Judiciary Guidance on AI defines generative AI chatbots as a computer program which simulates an online human conversation using generative AI. The chatbot uses large language models, which is a computer system which learns to predict the next best word or part of a sentence based on the data it has been trained on. There are models that are open to the public where anyone can use the AI tool, which has been trained on publicly available data, usually from the internet. And then there are models that have been developed and operated by law firms. For example, Taylor Westing has recently launched TW Lithium, and you can get more information on this on our website. The most well-known examples of publicly available chatbots are, of course, ChatGBT, and there are others like Google Bard and Bing Chat. So, Tom, why do we need to consider privilege and what are the requirements that we need to be aware of? So, firstly, let's just um, set out legal advice privilege. Legal advice privilege entitles a party to withhold from inspection confidential communications with its lawyers for the purposes of obtaining legal advice. A document must firstly be a confidential record of a communication between a lawyer and a client, or secondly, uh, and secondly, sorry, created for the purposes of obtaining or giving legal advice. Litigation privilege can protect communications between a client and their lawyer, or either of them and a third party. The communication must be for the dominant purpose of litigation. Litigation must be in process or in the contemplation of the party at the time of the communication, and the communication must have been for the sole or dominant purpose of that litigation. Should we then look at the requirements in a bit more detail and how we think the requirements will apply for AI chatbots? Looking at legal advice privilege first, we'll also start with publicly available AI chatbots. So, Tom, do you think a conversation between a user and a chatbot is a communication between a lawyer and a client? So it's a very interesting question. I think for the public chatbot, this requirement is unlikely to be met. The information the chatbots use to provide its answers to questions are generally taken from the data on the internet. Even if that content was written by a lawyer, the user is probably not the client of that lawyer. And what do you think about the answer that the chatbot gives? Do you think that 
would constitute legal advice. So in order to attract privilege, the advice from the lawyer has to have a relevant legal context. Generally speaking, it should relate to the client's legal rights or obligations. So if a, if a user asks chatbot a question about its legal rights, then the advice could, uh, in certain circumstances, have the relevant legal context. I think quite an interesting issue here as to whether um, the answer is legal advice is the fact that essentially a chatbot is a computer system that is processing data and predicting the next best words or parts of a sentence based on the data that it has been trained on. And the courts have been quite clear that the protection afforded by legal advice privilege is really intended to protect the skilled opinion that is provided by a professional lawyer to the client. So I think even if there was a relevant legal context, it's going to be difficult to show that a computer program is exercising the same skill of a legal professional um, in providing legal advice. I think another factor is that it, it would be extremely difficult for a court to assess, at the moment at least, how the computer program has put together the answer that it's given to a user's question in order to assess whether that has involved the same skill um, as applied by a legal professional. Let's then talk about the final requirement, which is confidentiality. We think this is likely to be one of the biggest hurdles establishing legal advice privilege. The currently available chatbots have been trained on material that is publicly available on the internet and is therefore not confidential. The UK judiciary guidance that I mentioned a short while ago also stresses the need to be aware that the public versions of these tools are open in nature, that there's no private or confidential information protections and therefore we need to be careful in what data you input into these chatbots. The chatbots also remember every question that you ask them as well as the information put to them. That information is then available to be used to respond to queries from other users. Um, therefore, anything you put into them could become publicly known. Therefore, given that confidentiality is a key requirement for establishing legal advice privilege, we think this is going to be a barrier to privilege applying. So let's then consider whether the position is different for chatbots developed by law firms. Yes. So uh, thanks, Georgina. I, th I think this section um, or, or this element is slightly different. Thinking about the output of a uh, chatbot developed by a law firm. So a lawyer can include a non-lawyer acting under the supervision of another lawyer, but you'd still need to show that the output is actually legal advice. So this will depend on the data that the model has been trained on. I'd certainly think you'd have a better argument if the data the model was trained on includes case law and legislation, for example. However, there is still the issue of demonstrating that the computer system has exercised the skill of a lawyer in providing its advice. We've then got the slightly different scenario of where a lawyer in a law firm is using a chatbot in order to provide legal advice. So if we think about a situation where a lawyer is conducting research online and then uses the research to advise the client. The advice there would usually anyway be covered by legal advice privilege. The client would not need to disclose in any subsequent proceedings the research that the lawyer had considered in providing the advice to the client. And even if the underlying research materials themselves were not privileged, they usually wouldn't be within the client's control in any event, so would not therefore to be disclosed. We therefore think that if a lawyer is using a chatbot in order to provide advice to the client, then um, it's potentially less risky for the user in terms of having to disclose the underlying documents relating to that use. So that brings us back to the, the key element of confidentiality, even with a, a chatbot developed by a law firm. 
So for confidentiality, this will depend on how the chatbot operates. If it is a closed-ended system, so that the data inputted into the model by users is kept within that firm's infrastructure, then the user would have a better argument to say that the communication is confidential. There are potentially still issues with how the, um, how the questions and answers are stored, however, and also how many people within that law firm have access to it. What do you think, Georgina, about litigation privilege? So litigation privilege is a bit broader than legal advice privilege because it can cover communications between a client and a third party or a lawyer and a third party. There isn't the strict requirement for a lawyer to be involved in the communication, nor is there a strict requirement for the communication to be um for the purpose of obtaining legal advice. So a communication can involve third parties and as long as it's for the dominant purpose of the litigation, then it can attract legal, uh, litigation privilege. So for example, if a client is having communications with a third party in connection with the preparation of their evidence in litigation, um, then even though that communication doesn't involve a lawyer, it could still attract litigation privilege. The user of ChatGBT would, uh, or any other chatbot would, however, still need to show that the um, dominant purpose of that communication was um, the conduct of the litigation. So they would need to show, for example, that the reason they were asking questions of the chatbot was to obtain information that, that would be used in those proceedings. Assuming the user could get over those hurdles, they would, however, still need to show that that communication was confidential. And as we've discussed, we think this is going to be tricky, but potentially um, less tricky if you've got a chatbot operated by a law firm within a closed-ended system. So to wrap up, where do we think we are? For litigation privilege, a user may have better arguments that a communication is privileged because it doesn't necessarily need to involve a lawyer or the giving of legal advice. However, the key issue will be showing that the dominant purpose test has been met and also that the communication is confidential. For legal advice privilege, however, we think that it is unlikely to apply to communications between a user and a public chatbot. It is also unlikely to apply to the output from a law firm chatbot. However, it would likely apply to the advice given by a lawyer, which incorporates the output from the AI chatbot. And it would also apply to the instruction given to the lawyer, which incorporates the output from the AI chatbot. The underlying communication, though, between the user and the AI chatbot would not attract privilege just because it's sent to a lawyer. So, Tom, where do we think this might go in the future? It's a very difficult question. Um, the, the courts have been clear that only Parliament can extend the scope of legal advice privilege to include advice given by non-lawyers. One obvious argument um, that jumps out to me would be that encompassing privilege on chatbots' output um, would increase access to justice for those litigants who for example, are unable to access legal advice from a solicitor. But but that does obviously need to need to be weighed against the principle of open justice and the rationale behind disclosure, i.e. that documents should not be withheld from production unless they are truly privileged. I, I think it's something that will develop over the next few years. Um, but, uh, but I'm interested to hear from you, Georgina, as to what you think clients should do now. So I think the key things that we think clients should be doing, the first is to make sure they are familiar with the confidentiality terms of the chatbot they are using. Never just assume that these things are confidential, so do check the terms. The Judiciary Guidance for AI also has some helpful tips, which include uh, disabling chat history, if you can, which will help with 
preventing um, records being kept of the conversations and also thinking about refusing permissions to chatbots when you're using them so that you're not giving them access to information on your device um, and losing control over where um, that information could go. If you are using ChatGPT in connection with something that relates to ongoing litigation or an issue or topic that you think might result in litigation in the near future or, or regulatory investigation, then we would advise um, not using it or use it with care. If you do need to use it, then you should avoid storing the conversation on your device or sharing it with others. And where possible, get advice from your lawyers about um, any privilege issues that, that you're concerned about. Well, thank you very much for that, Georgina. I think it's been a very interesting conversation and we hope that the listeners have found it insightful.